live in a beautiful state. So news outlets called it groundbreaking research. And I must admit, it was a study that when the headlines came out, I definitely clicked it across multiple outlets just to, you know, try to get to the bottom of it. Because it seemed fairly obvious, but it also was still intriguing. There was a study that was released about two weeks ago that investigated the connection between fried foods and depression. And I guess anxiety as well. And that was just a headline. You know, they just said fried foods leads to depression. Most outlets said that. They didn't really go behind the scenes and talk more and more about it. But, I mean, you know, you you knew. You knew I was going to do that, right? That, that That's what I'm here for. I wanted to see the numbers behind all of this. I wanted to know who was doing the research. Who did they study? What were the actual results besides that headline that said fried foods lead to depression? And I wanted to know what the actual specific culprit is in all of this. Is it all fried foods? Is it something in particular? And I felt that it's one of those things that it's imperative that you get the full picture, the full story, because... I mean, if you just leave it at the whole, you know, fried foods is bad thing, well, not only is that too wide of a net to actually catch a problem, if you will, but it's also too wide of a net to actually garner some sort of haste or expedience. I was about to say panic, but that sounds kind of negative. I guess change. If you just say fried foods, people have been hearing that since they were kids. And we all know people that have lived to like 85 years old plus eating all types of crazy foods that are fried and deep fried three or four, five times. Oh, my family's from the South, so that's that's where that comes from. <laughs> but we all know those people. So if you just say fried foods are bad, I've been hearing that since I was a kid, and it doesn't necessarily make me feel like there has to be some sort of change um, to my diet, if you will. And I'm just speaking hypothetically. But when we really got to the bottom of this study, we really found a particular culprit And we also found some holes in the study, if you will. Some things that still allow us to walk away from this, what was supposed to be an answer, we still walk away from it with a couple of questions. But it does still point to the same North Star, if you will. There are benefits to eating healthier and cleaner. And this study did reveal one specific culprit that I do want to talk about today. But I will warn you that the study itself kind of asked more questions than it answered. But we'll get into that. Let me finish this up here, and then I'll be right with you. Core, please. This is Live BW, episode 180, Those Darn Potatoes, The Science of Depression and Fried Foods. Let's explore. This is where we live. Well, when the sun goes down and the moon comes up, So this study uh, came from the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America. Now, listen, that's a name that like you hear all them syllables. 
<laughs> like, I t- and I'm, I'm being tongue-in-cheek kind of funny about it, but I do want to point to the fact that this is a credible group, obviously. Like, I feel like even the word group is selling them significantly short, but it's a credible study. It's just one of those studies that at the end of it, I had a very serious question that kind of unraveled the whole thing, which, you know, we'll get to it once we get through the research and all of that. But I do want you to know that the work that this group put in to get to the bottom of this, that's credible information for sure. And I'm not trying to negate any of that. Now, although it was a study um, from the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America, the researchers actually were from China. And they did, in fact, find a statistical link, I'll say, between fast food consumption and the rates of anxiety and depression. Now, per the study, they said that frequent fried food consumption was associated with a 12% higher risk of anxiety and a 7% higher risk of depression. It was a study that evaluated 140,728 people over 11.3 years. That's a you gotta you gotta be patient for something like that. Sheesh, it's over a decade of research. That's thorough. And according to CNN. After excluding participants diagnosed with depression within the first two years, a total of 8,294 cases of anxiety and 12,735 cases of depression were found in those that consumed fried food. While specifically, hold on to this because this is our next stop, while specifically, fried potatoes were found to have a 2% increase in risk of depression over fried white meat. And then here's another stop. They continue. The study had also found that the participants consuming more than one serving of fried food regularly were more likely to be younger men, which stuck out to me for obvious reasons. But let's start with the potatoes, because if you're anything like me, you love French fries from pretty much every restaurant. And there are some that I just can't like those wedges. I, I can't I can't stand those things. But most places, fast food restaurants, regular restaurants, even the French fries out of like the frozen aisle in the grocery store. I love fries. And so does my fiance. It's like our love language thing, you know. But it's striking and intriguing to see that there's something inside that potato, inside that fry, that could mess up our wiring a little bit, if you will. I'll tell you what it is, and I'll tell you some ways around it as well, coming up on the other side on Live BW. Hang out. Every year, over a million fires burn in America. Fortunately, firefighters are on the job, saving life and property, and you can be a part of it. Seven out of ten firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Your community needs you. Are you ready to answer the call? Learn more and find local volunteer opportunities at makemeafirefighter.org. Live in a beautiful state. All right, welcome back to Live BW. And what is in those darn potatoes? I want to use another word, but <laughs> try to 
try to get my life together and be a better boy, you know? No, I'm being funny. But what's in those potatoes that's causing all these issues? We started with talking about anxiety and depression, but come to find out this little issue is actually a bigger thing and could lead to even more serious issues like, like cancer. It's the contaminant known as acrylamide. Now, according to Today.com, A. Pulowski says it's a contaminant produced in starchy foods when they are fried, baked, roasted, or otherwise cooked at high temperatures. And of course, as it relates to this study, which this article from today was about, I told you everybody was talking about this. Of course, this acrylamide can also cause um, mental changes as well. Here's Dr. Eric Berg from YouTube. Acrylamide is a very toxic poison. It's like a plastic. It uh, causes cancer. Um, it's in a lot of pet foods. It's in our foods. French fries, potato chips, toasted bread, cereals. Cigarettes actually have three times the amount than actual food. And even coffee. Oh my God, no! Cereal, French fries, and coffee. That, that's my life. I'm sorry, Dr. Berg. Go ahead. Now, if you consume dark roast, you'll get less of it. Oh, thank God. I'm a, I'm a dark roast guy. But why is that, though? Apparently, the roasting uh, breaks down acrylamide. But the question is, where does this acrylamide come from? Well, it comes from the combination of consuming high carbs, glucose or fructose, with an amino acid called asparagine under high heat, 248 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, you're not going to create the situation if you boil things or steam them, but it's basically just a... A uh, combination of these under high heat uh, creates this toxic plastic uh, substance that then causes cancer. Now, it's in a lot of other foods as well that I didn't list here, but the point is that it's almost impossible to avoid every single poison and toxin because you live on the planet Earth. So what you need to be doing on a regular basis is to make sure that you're constantly creating your health, constantly um, consuming large quantities of vegetables, uh, especially cruciferous vegetables, to counter a lot of the poisons that are, you're being exposed to. So as this relates to our study, if you will, I mean, fried potatoes, that's like an American delicacy, honestly. It's everywhere. French fries. It's everywhere. But wait, so I guess that means it's not a delicacy, but everyone loves fries, at least for the most part. In fact, I mean, that's what the research says. That was the first focus that really caught researchers' eyes as they noticed how all of this points back to potatoes. Even though there were other foods on that list, yes, but, but I think just because of how much we consume it, that, that's why it was such a big deal or why it stuck out. But before you go blaming the potato, or I should say we, because at first I was like, ah, keep the fries away from me, even though it hurt me to say that. I want to share this quote with you from Dr. Umo Naidu, the director of nutritional and lifestyle psychiatry at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, had this to say about the potato and the issues it can cause. He said, quote, it's not about eating a potato as it's a healthy food in moderation and there are healthy ways to cook potatoes, but it's about the method of deep frying. And that's the main focus, but I will read the rest of this quote because I figured, you know, a good nugget of information to hold on to. They continue, in general, deep fried foods are unhealthy for both our physicals and mental health and should be a less frequent food in our diet end quote and i think that the example of what high heat does to the potato that definitely raises some eyebrows 
when it comes to fried foods in general because I, I know for me I can't help but ask well what other foods turn poisonous as a result of high heat or being fried or whatever it's just a question it's just something to think about Now, on to the other thing that caught researchers and my attention um, as well, and that's that younger men seem to be affected the most um, throughout this study. Now, CNN Health highlights this by saying the participants consuming more than one serving of fried food regularly were more likely to be younger men. My mind wants to kind of figure that out and really put a, a, a finger on the why behind that but i just couldn't find the science to support it all i have is two opinions which maybe i shouldn't share because i don't have the research but it's my podcast i have to share it right <laughs> for the most part now the first one is the the more obvious matter and that's just that the appetite of men well i'll just say that i expect it to be a little greater than the appetite of women our bodies are built differently our nutritional makeup is built differently which means in theory our intake has to be different as well you know i imagine that a lot of guys probably do partake in the fried food situation just like every other human or majority of humans but when guys go you know i could see our plates being a little more full than a woman's plate for example literally this past weekend at a dj in philadelphia it was a long day and you know i i, I had that you know how adrenaline fills up your stomach when you might be excited about something so you may not even think about eating that that's what happened to me on friday but once the event ended my stomach quickly reminded the rest of my body that bro we didn't eat anything <laughs> so you know I chose Popeyes on, on the way home. No shade to them. Great establishment. The food is amazing. Recipes are phenomenal. They got my money that day for obvious reasons. But even the meal, and this is why I'm bringing this up, even the meal that I got that day was meant for two people. And it didn't even fill me up, honestly. Like, it was something crazy, like six strips, two side orders, two biscuits. And, I mean, I tore it up. I tore it up, honestly, before I got to the Delaware state line to come back home. <laughs> I know, it's all bad for my system, I know, especially after we're talking about it on this episode, but that's just the reality of it, you know? So I think that's part of the reason why we saw a jump in men's numbers compared to women's numbers in this study. The appetites are just different. And I'm actually surprised that that wasn't mentioned in the recap or in the um, PNAS journal highlighting this particular uh, research but i'll scrub it again and if i find anything i'll call myself out on it <laughs> and share it with you as well now the second thing is the second thing i feel like can affect both men and women definitely and i definitely don't have any stats or any research to support this like in fact i'm staring at the sky trying to find the words to say this because it does it is a little bit delicate but the best way I know how to put it is this. Guys may be a little less cognizant about their diets as the day goes on. At least just, just from my estimation. Just thinking about my circle and looking at, you know, our habits and whatnot and comparing them to um, the women in my circle as well. Sometimes it just seems like guys just don't be thinking about that kind of thing. And as the days get busier, guys may be more inclined to just... Do like I did on Friday 
pick up an unhealthy amount of fried food and eat it in one sitting, or in my case, driving. And again, I don't have any research to back that up, but I mean, we at least had to double back to what stood out to the researchers, and it also stood out to me because I'm a man. And though there isn't much science to answer that particular question, the research is there. And for whatever reason, younger men were affected the most from this fried food situation, and it caused the most depression and anxiety in them. Now, Dr. Naidu also brought up something else that I had no clue of, and I can honestly say that this information changed my life. I know, that sounds so dramatic, but it did. And I mean, I'm, I'm mainly because I'll never forget processing it, you know what I mean? And that's that fast food is usually fried in this pro-inflammatory and cheap oil. And Dr. Nadu shares that it leads to more inflammation in the gut and in the brain too, which is what causes that depression and anxiety. And it's all, now all of this is making me feel so weird for eating that meal for two on Friday. Kind of feel like I probably should have chose a different option. But I did start the morning off with a juice with ginger and kale and all of that. So maybe that'll... Anyways. A 2010 study from the National Academy of Sciences says that most fast food is cooked in this corn oil. Now, it's considered to be the cheapest and the worst oil for the human body. It contains a lot of saturated fat and it contributes to heart disease, which just adds to a long list that we've been making on today's episode of all of the issues with fried food. And to make it even worse, you got you got to factor in. I hope you didn't forget about what happens when certain foods are cooked at such high heat. So not only are we using or, or digesting these inflammatory and cheap oils, if you will, but also it's bringing out that acrylamide in potatoes and other fried foods and other things that were on that list. And I feel like people have always been, even, af even after you leave a fast food spot, I feel like you're always kind of side-eyeing the whole ordeal because, you know, you're just, you're just wondering about certain things about what you're putting inside of your body. And when you stop and think about it, when we stop and think about it, it does cause some concern, at least a little bit. Especially when you think about the fact that the only reason they probably use those cheap and inflammatory oils is literally because of the fact that it's what? Cheap. That's right. Or like what Dr. Berg said, how a lot of our foods are fighting this acrylamide issue, which means that these people, these restaurants, these cooks, they have to know what they're doing. But I guess it's one of those things that's just, it is what it is, you know? And and that's why I appreciate Dr. Berg reminding us how good it is to eat those leafy vegetables to kind of help our bodies deal with that acrylamide and other harmful toxins that are hiding in our food. Or maybe not hiding so much. Maybe they're just there and we're just kind of ignorant about it. But it is interesting to note that the FDA sees an issue with acrylamide, calling it a human health concern due to it causing inflammation. Because like I said, with that coupled with this cheap oil that's being used, fast food really is uh really raises the eyebrows a little bit. And, and you know what? While we're back on the acrylamide issue, how about this? They used zebrafish. Now, researchers automatically say that you know this can't necessarily be connected to adults yet because they just they use a zebrafish but they basically exposed the zebrafish to acrylamide for 180 days and as a result the zebrafish 
showed anxiety and depressive-like behaviors. So again, although it doesn't necessarily point to anything human-wise, it still does kind of point to something human-wise, or at least makes you think, is acrylamide the issue here? Now let's just say that the answer to that is yes. Then Dr. Nadu has two suggestions that can help us deal with this acrylamide issue. One is a reminder to cook with gentle heat, like boiling instead of frying. And the second one is my favorite because I do this every day. So now I feel a little bit, a little better about this entire situation. In fact, this is all we use in our household for the most part. And that's that air frying produces less acrylamide. So instead of throwing it on the stove and dropping it in the grease till it's golden brown, Oh man, I'm not I'm not helping this situation. Instead of doing all of that, just put it in the air fryer and deal with less acrylamide. Dr. Nadu also suggests that just cutting back on fried foods, which I have written here, duh, will help out a ton, you know? A reminder to skip foods with added sugars, preservatives, and chemicals. But as Dr. Berg pointed out, let's not pretend that that's the easiest thing to do in the not even in just the United States of America, but in the world in 2023. Everything has a bunch of junk in it nowadays. And I feel like we'll drive ourselves crazy trying to memorize and process the ingredients labels on everything that we buy and consume. But I do think we could benefit I mean, this study does reveal in some ways that we can benefit both mentally and physically from just showing even a minimal concern for what we're putting into our bodies. And again, like Dr. Berg mentioned, eating that kale, eating that spinach, those those leafy, good, full vegetables that really helps to balance all of this out. And I wouldn't be surprised if drinking a lot of water helps as well. Only reason I say I wouldn't be surprised is because Dr. Berg didn't say that and I didn't research that. I just said it because it came to me and I'm pretty sure it's true, but I'll, I'll check on it later. Don't worry about it. Just drink water. So after all of this, what's what's the question that it made me ask? Like, how did I not get my answer from this research? Yeah, I think we do see some connections between the whole fried food fiasco and anxiety and depression. There's got to be something there. But my question is, what came first, the chicken or the egg? We're going to wrap this up. Hang out. It's Liv BW. We hope you're enjoying today's episode. When you get a moment, head to Spotify and answer our question of the day. Do you notice a difference in your mood after eating fried foods? Let us know and we'll share your answers with the village. More of episode 180 coming up next. If you talk they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. 
So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So talk, they hear you. You can do it if you try. Welcome back to Live BW. So we have been exploring this research, this study that came out a couple of weeks ago that um, highlights the, well, I guess not highlights, I'll just say it, it investigates the link between anxiety and depression um, and it's linked to the foods that we eat. Fast foods, fried, fried foods is the specific terminology that was used. I had been teasing this entire time kind of the question that it posed to me or the question that it it made me ask. Yes, I think it did answer some key points like we discussed today, like the use of those corn oils in, in our fast foods, the um, identification of acrylamide in potatoes and other hard fried foods, and uh, you know, just kind of what, what those things can do to the body. I think that the research definitely answered those questions, but it led me to ask what comes first, the fried foods or the anxiety and depression? Now, the reason I ask that is because of the idea of the comfort food. And in order to really investigate this thinking, we would have to um, kind of step outside of the realms of the research, mainly because the researchers going into the, the study, they did set aside people that have already been dealing with or have been diagnosed with anxiety or depression. But that's just this study though. They looked at a wide range of people, true, but they didn't look at everybody. And unfortunately, this is one of those studies to me, even though they were researching this for over a decade. I mean, that is a long time. But I mean, we're talking about linking a very, very popular way of eating and cooking foods to a deadly, silently deadly disease or concern of the mind, if you will. And that's a pretty big feat. That's a pretty big step. And when we step outside of the arena of this research and we're moving into the idea of the real the real world implementation of this, you just I just can't help but wonder if some people kind of either A, as the research would suggest, eat their way into anxiety or depression, or are some people eating this way as a result of some sort of undiagnosed or untreated anxiety or depression? Now, I think we all can agree with Dr. Nadu, who's been saying some some fire stuff today. Like, like, shout out to Dr. Nadu. Thank you. If, if I knew your IG or, or your Twitter, I'd tag you in the episode. Because I feel like it's only right. But this quote, however, we see that once individuals consciously choose healthy whole foods, they begin to feel better emotionally and are more likely to continue to make a healthy make healthy food choices. I feel like everyone can agree with that. For the most part, even the people that eat terrible, 
they probably know they're eating terrible you know it's just i think we're at this point in our society globally that we have a really good understanding of the nutritional value of foods and of the things we're putting into our bodies except for some of the secretive stuff like the sacrilamide situation or certain preservatives and all of that stuff that be on that little paragraph <laughs> The, the ingredients paragraph is not an ingredients tab on the food it's an entire dissertation honestly but the ingredients on our foods you know sometimes we're not really aware of all of that but other than that i think we know for sure that like you, know, you may not live long eating fast food three times a day every day it just the, the body just can't deal with that but where things get muddy is when we start to say that the fried foods lead to anxiety and depression well, not muddy, but, it, you know, maybe we just need to have more of a conversation about this. And maybe the actual real conversation and headline was like, yo, look out for this acrylamide. Unless you literally want cancer causing plastic in your body, at least know enough about acrylamide to know how important it is to digest more leafy vegetables. I think that was the real essence of this entire study. It doesn't account for the 37% of people who turn to comfort foods daily. And that's according to a 2020 study from the New York Post. It doesn't really account for that, you know, because it's like, what are these people reaching out to food for or from, I should say? What's the, what's the inherent issue that is causing them to reach out to this comfort food? Is it possible that it could be nothing, but maybe after reaching out so many times it becomes something? Or is it something that's just undiagnosed? If it's called comfort food, does it actually add comfort to it? So these people reaching out to it, does it actually help? You see what I'm saying? It's just a lot of questions that come from it and come from this that just makes me say, you know, some people were depressed before they took that bite. And I, I, I appreciate what it uncovered about acrylamide. I really do. But I can't help but agree with Taylor Niccioli from CNN who says, quote, experts who study nutrition said the results are preliminary and it's not necessarily clear whether the fried foods were driving mental health issues or people experiencing symptoms of depression or anxiety turned to fried foods. When we look at that, it's kind of like being ticky tack it is kind of um a side street off of the highway the main highway which is we just have to really remind ourselves to be nutritionally beneficial and this is just to the soul in the mirror you don't have to advocate for all type like just take care of yourself we got to take care of ourselves i think that's what this points to i'm just my, my concern was just that when, when you just say something so broad as that without really so broad as like fast food causes depression or fried foods causes depression without really getting into the nitty gritty of it it's just too wide of a net to cast to me but all of this does point to the fact that we do need to be cognizant of what we're fueling our bodies with i actually would argue that the true culprit in all of this you know after putting together all of this information i mean that's literally fast food marketing the fast food marketing industry. And the reason I say that is because I've mentioned on here before how spending three years studying studying the psychology of marketing, how it kind of made me look at the industry as invasive and manipulative because it 
uses psychology to rewire the brain to make a decision. There are certain ways that certain things are being presented to us or being presented to you to entice you to do something. Lifestyles are constructed with this. I, I will use the word manipulated. A lot of people in the, in the industry probably would shy away from that. And minds are driven based on this psychology, based on this marketing psychology. And it, it helps certain brands that I think do great things for the village, if you will. But when it comes to these fast food giants, and they know they're cooking in that dirty oil that's terrible on the body, that's that's notably terrible. I mean, I, like everybody knows this. Well, I guess not everybody, but the powers that be, they know what's what they're doing here. So much so that the FDA, as I mentioned before, has called acrylamide a human health concern. They know it's present, but still they peddle these different fun little marketing campaigns and things that try to use the shapes and colors and sounds in order to make you or in order to entice you to go grab a large fry on the way to work and then get another one after work, <laughs> you know, or to line up for miles for a chicken sandwich just to try it. I really do think that that's the thing. We're just bombarded with all sorts of advertisements of the like on TV, your streaming services, your timelines. I mean, everything is there. And I think maybe this might lead to a whole nother like just marketing episode of, of the concern that I can hear myself kind of reaching out to in my voice. Like I can feel it. I can feel where I'm going, but we're not going to go there today. <laughs> but being able to market something to someone or to a group of people or to the masses if if you want to get dramatic about it that is a very 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 great power and again for some brands it's great but for others i just i'm just concerned like you know should you be peddling what you're peddling in fact there was a 2022 study from study corgi it looked at race gender family structure socioeconomics socioeconomic status all of that it was a study that found that heavy TV viewing among teens has a negative effect on dietary intake as the advertisements encouraged the consumption of unhealthy food. Now, I know that's teenagers, right? But if a study was conducted to look at this, they actually, and they actually saw correlations between fast food consumption and television viewership, I mean, there's got to be something there, right? Even on the front of adulthood, even even with us, the big kids, it's got to be something there, right? Teenagers are nothing but younger versions of us. And I guess if we did go down that rabbit hole, you probably could argue that the adult mind may be a lot more mature and maybe we're immune to the advertising campaigns and such. You, you probably could argue that. I mean, at least right now. We, we would break it down, and I'm, I feel fairly confident that, well, let's not go off on a tangent here. But the point is, the moral of all of this is that, yes, we do have to eat better, period. Period. And the second point of all of this research is to look out for the acrylamide in those darn potatoes. It's everywhere, but French fries are, like, literally everywhere. <laughs> Everybody loves fries. I just thought you should know, you know. 
Now, the rest of the whole fried food and anxiety and depression and all of that, well, I'm pretty sure there would be more studies that come out to answer some of those questions and concerns of what come what came first between, you know, all of that. But the idea is to live better and to live well. And we can't run away from every bit of acrylamide. You just can't because it seems like it's in everything. But as Dr. Berg mentioned, just a reminder to eat all of those vegetables to help combat those contaminants in our, in your body and be well, all right? We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Connect with the show on Instagram at LIVXBW. Connect with Brian on Instagram and Twitter at BJamesLive. I don't have an Instagram, but I do feel pretty today. We'll see you next time. Live bright and live well. Live in a beautiful state. Thank you.